Podnuts wants to thank everyone who supports the network by going to www.podnuts.com slash Amazon. Hey everybody, welcome to Geeksters episode 176. This is a show where we talk about all things geeky from iPhones to Androids to car stereos. We haven't talked about car stereos yet. Maybe we'll find something. Um, to laptops and hotspots and good grief, you name it, we're going to talk about it. I'm Martin Obando. I'm one of the co-hosts here. Joined today, the one and only Mitch. Um, unfortunately, we don't have Tim with us today. We're been trying to reach out to him and, and he's not available. So hey, Mitch, just it's just the Mitch and I, the two-man show today. Hey, Mitch, how's it going? Not too bad. How you doing, Martin? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So uh, if I'm reading the weather correct, you guys are you're keeping. It's been nice and warm here, 44 degrees, uh, and raining. It hasn't stopped raining in a while. But you are cold. Yeah, I guess it's a payback because we were warm up until Christmas, maybe even after Christmas. I actually I cut the grass on. I don't know, like a week after Christmas, part of the grass, and uh, but now it's really really cold. It's like in the 20s and. We're supposed to get some kind of, I don't know, they're talking about some historic storm, but they're saying 8 to 12 inches. Well, that's not historic. But anyway, but it's still it's enough to uh, cause some problems around here. So uh, I'm not, not looking forward to it. So it's kind of just back to its normal. Yes, for this time of year, for sure. <laughs> for this time of year. Yeah, it's just been raining here, and I kind of get tired of the rain. I mean, it, I love the Pacific Northwest, don't get me wrong, but... It's just wet. It's that time of year where it's just constantly wet. The other day, it was nice and dry. The roads were dry. I in the car, the lines to get your car washed were huge. So I waited till the next day when I was kind of was kind of not so not so rainy. The problem I run into is that it'll rain and then not, and then rain and then not. And so during those not days, my car just turns brown because of this, and it's a silver car. But the windshield gets brown and the dirty, and, the, and so I have to go wash it just to get that off so it's clean and. The other day, I was following a truck, and it got my car pretty. It, I just washed it, and then I followed a big semi from a construction zone, and uh, it, I spent my money too early. Is what happened. Well, you you could be living in California, so I think you're I could doing be. better. Yeah, that, they that have is droughts. True. That is true. There's always there's always that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was down in California visiting my down in California visiting my family over the break, and they were talking about the they were talking about all of that, and yeah, the the, the, the drought and stuff. Now. Northern California, so they don't necessarily have that. Uh, mm-hmm. Unless they have as much of a drought, but yeah, it is what it is. So, what have you been doing lately? Gosh, it's I know we've it's just been it's been busy. I did hire um, you know a new guy, so that's been good. I haven't had a chance to send him out on any jobs yet, but he has been busy learning repair shopper for me. Um, so we are going to use that, and he has just enjoyed it. He spent some time in a webinar. Um, he's been just messing with it, tweaking with it. So I'm looking forward to spending some time with him to learn Repair Shopper for myself. But he is, um, you know, I know Liam uses it and uh, he just, you know, Michael has just raved about it and just not using a ticketing system or other ticketing systems in the past. So we're going to see how that goes and hopefully it will uh, work out really well for us. Good, good. Um, so, but I've just been busy with a lot of little things. It hasn't been anything, um, you know, one major project that I, that I finished over the, the week. Um, so last week, what is today? Today's Wednesday. So yes, last Thursday. So last Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, something along those lines. Anyways, three days, um, a camera system was going to be installed at one of my, uh, my bigger clients. Uh, it's a veterinary hospital. They have 26 computers there, a server. So it's not, um, not huge, huge. But big enough that it's you know ranked as one of my bigger clients, and so they were getting new ten new um, POE cameras in, and I mentioned them, uh, mentioned probably mentioned them before, where where I had been in touch with the um, developer and the project lead, and and he said, hey, we need some switches that are available, some ports, and the doctor jumped in and said, we have that, not realizing that they need POE, and so we ended up buying a switch and POE injectors, and um, everything was going really smooth. And actually, the day that I was there, um, it went really smooth and was very impressed with the the work that the, the, contracts, the, the contractors that were putting in the cameras were doing. Um, I had talked one-on-one with the programmer um, via email until I got, and over the phone until we met in person, and, and he was just a good guy to work with. And he, I learned some stuff from him, and he learned some stuff from me. And so it worked out, it worked out really, really well. During, a, during one, of these, one of these times, um, of him and I talking and getting some stuff squared away, one of his engineers came in and, and the guys who were out on the lift and getting camera set up on the eaves and, you know, everything. And he said, hey, the, uh, 
I'm trying to put ends on these <laughs> on these cables because they had put they'd strung the cables they'd put ends on and they were in the closet but the other side where the camera was didn't have ends on yet and he said so I'm put, trying to put ends on these and they keep sparking at me and I'm like oh yeah well we had turned on the POE injector to um, to supply powers to the cameras that we currently had so we could test them out and then and not realizing that we had also then in you know because they'd put ends and they they had plugged in all of the cables on the poe injectors but not put ends on all the cables on the far side <laughs> and then i he's putting trying to put ends on and the and the uh <laughs> it's actually sparking um at him and of course like i said when i started it's been raining here so on a high lift you know in the air about 30 you know 20 feet in the air sparking cat five cables uh we quickly unplugged the injector <laughs> wow so uh you know but what's interesting though is that i wanted to mention this and it was kind of a note that i had put down was that um so the injector we purchased was from a company called wi-fi qos um, and i will have show notes at the end usually a lot of times i'll throw them in the chat and the live session where we're talking but i just didn't have enough time to write up all my notes so come back and you'll have the show notes. <laughs> so, but from a company called Wi-Fi QoS and it's one of their 120 volt PoE injectors. And what's what's interesting about this one is this one is actually um this this let me pull this up here. <clears throat> this product is actually called it's a passive PoE injector. So, when you are in the market and you are doing power over ethernet. Um, and for those who don't know what POE, that's what it stands for is powers are over ethernet. And what that is, is, is you will, you will inject power into your cat five cable and that will power a device, um, cameras, uh, wireless access points. Um, there's some other usually, but usually you're generally, it's going to be your cameras and your wireless access points that are going to need POE. And that allows you to not be limited by how far of a power cable you have to go with an access point, it allows you to maybe string your access point to the middle of it of an auditorium up in the rafters. And yet, as long as you're within your distance for Cat Five and Cat Six, you can put power over it. Over it, and that's what the the injector does. The power of Ethernet injectors it puts power into the line. So what this POE injector is is just a, it's a one U. So it's it's you know one one U unit on a rack. It has two ports on it like one one two two three three so it kind it's it it would be if you took a 12 port switch and cut it in half and then doubled it so if that makes makes sense so you actually have two ports for each number one number two number three number four so there's 24 ports but it's it's actually only 12. so what you do is you come out of your switch into the top port which is data and then out of the bottom port that has in that's injected already so then you can run that to your to your camera so far, so good. Mm -hmm. All right. So you have passive and you have active. Now, active power injectors negotiates power with the switch and the equipment. A lot of times your active, your active POE injectors will be built into switches. You can get switches that themselves are already POE. So what happens is, is, is if the, if the camera needs, you know, you're going to plug your, your, you're going to plug your switch into your normal wall, right? Your 120 volts or is it 110 watts? whatever it is, whatever you plug it in the wall. I'm not an electrician. So you plug it in the wall, right? And the camera says, Hey, I need 4.8. And the, the, the active switch says, got it. Here's 4.8. Now another access point may say, I need 3.6. Got it. Here's 3.6. It's active. It negotiates how much is needed, right? Then you have passive ones. And now this is, is, is a passive one. So active is smart. Passive is stupid. Passive says, got it. I'm I, I have a total of X amount of, of, excuse me, I have a total of X amount of power divided over 12. Each port gets this much power, okay? Whether it needs it or not. Now the cameras, if you, I'm assuming if you go too high, you can blow out the cameras on the other end, but a lot of times they'll handle it. You just, you, you, you know, so, but it will always give it usually more than it's needed. So what was happening was he was just, it was just arcing. So, yeah, so we ended up plugging the, unplugging the whole thing, but that's the difference between active and passive POE injectors. So depending on the devices that you have and you're going to deploy, you may need that. Now, go ahead, Mitch. Now, I was going to say, remember when I bought the, um, what was it, uh, Ethernet, Ethernet or Power, those devices? Right, that's different. Right. So, but finish explaining that and then the difference between what, what I have for those, uh, what I have. Sure, sure. So, yeah, so... um yeah, so the active, the active or, or switches with PoE built into them much more expensive. You know, you're talking a, a quite a, a good size of money right. with that. Now, 
this one here being passive, it's just a it's just a separate thing. And you can get these for, you know, 60, 70 bucks, you know, just the passive injectors. Then all you need to do is buy just a dump switch, add this onto it. And now you go out now it's more cabling because you have to go from switch to injector, injector to camera. So you have to add some little extra switches and stuff or some um, cables, but you're going to save yourself a lot of money. Depending on what you need, you need to find out which one you is the best for you. So don't don't just go and assume you can get passive because if it puts out too much voltage, it may kill it. Um, so that's just something to that's just something to think about passive versus active. And but th what was the funniest thing is he came in and he was a little rattled, like uh, I'm getting sparks. Like, <laughs> oh man! Now with the active, you can actually adjust things in that in that. Well, with the active, it negotiates the device negotiates with the switch how much power it needs so you're going to get the the device is only going to get as much power as it needs whereas with the passive it's going to say i'm giving you this much i may only need this much but i'm going to constantly give you x okay. amount of power so the active will it won't it won't go over what it's supposed to have well right right so okay. yeah because yeah so active will give it just the right amount gotcha. but you you pay for that Right. You, you definitely pay for that negotiation. Now, is it better to go active over passive? That was my next question. <laughs> I mean, I think it depends on one, how much money do you have? You know, uh, uh, you know, it, it's always better to do, you know, you have, you always have a better, best, you know, enterprise, you know, consumer. Yeah, you, you always yeah. have those kind of things. And so this works because it was inexpensive. Um, if I was to say, Hey, could you, could you put, you know, X amount of dollars on a new switch, it may be a little too expensive. So, um, and I don't know how much it, I would have to look. And when I was pricing it out, it was, it was, it wasn't just a little expensive. It was really expensive. Mm. Um, so, uh, I mean, it sounds like you deal with some pretty decent sized companies. You were saying it was like 30 PCs. I, I don't even think we have maybe 10 or 12 at the most in my building, mm -hmm. you know, so, uh, oh, we're going to see something. Sorry. Okay. So your next question that you had was, so the difference between power over Ethernet and Ethernet over power, mm -hmm. right? right? So you have power over Ethernet, which is supply is putting putting powers in putting power into the Ethernet cables to power a device remotely. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you don't have to need power. Now the other thing Mitch mentioned was something called Ethernet over power, and that's what these in, these little boxes are. And I have I have this Belkin one. I've got another. I've got different. That's, I have different models, different speeds, and sometimes they work together and sometimes they don't. What this does is you have a power plug, they plug into your wall, and I've talked about these before, and then you have an Ethernet port in them. Sometimes they have one port, sometimes they have four ports, sometimes they're different speeds. I think these Belkins were 500 megabits at its best optimal. Um, there's other ones that the first ones that I got were like 80s. So um, what you do with these is you would come out of your switch. You would go, or your router, you know, you would go into here. You would then take another one of these and you would put these somewhere in your other, you plug this into the wall. Okay. Then you would go somewhere else in your house on the same electrical grid. They always come in pairs. Take the other one, plug it into your wall, come out of here into something. Basically what you've done is you rerouted your ethernet traffic over your power in your home. Yeah. So it, the one I had, I can't remember the brand name. It worked, but it, it wasn't faster than the wireless. Um, and that was my main reason for not keeping it, but it did work. Right. right. Now it depends on, um, you know, age of your home type of electrical. I mean, so I'm in this home using this home. Now this home was built. I've been in it now two years. So three years, this home is maybe two and a half, three years old. You know, our, our home difference image probably has a good 50 years on it. Different wiring. I've been here. This is it's twenty two years. This house. But but when was your yeah. house built? Twenty two years ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was so new when I bought. Yeah. Okay. So uh, twenty two. So I, yeah. I don't know what your yeah. house is. I was just assuming. Um. So, but in twenty two years, there's a lot has been done in electrical. Right. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, now we've gotten to the point where there are some really good repeaters that work much better than these because, you know, you can these can fluctuate. Um, they definitely do. I, I still have issues with mine. They do go up and down and we have to have issues with them every now and then. Um, you know, sorry, I was reading the chat room. Um, we got a uh, foolish, we got Brantley from foolish it and he's telling Nick to, to get in there. Um, uh, it looks like we got some of the foolish it crowd is, uh, is jumping into our I chat need, room. Tonight, I need so. to get in there. <laughs> so, uh, if I get distracted, I'm going to blame those guys. Uh, so, but now with repeaters and even with open mesh, I have the one open mesh device in my home and now I don't need a repeater or anything. And so 
Um, but that's the difference. We have power over Ethernet, which are this, and then we have, wait, no, we have power over Ethernet, which is the injectors, and then we have Ethernet over power. A lot of times, the Ethernet over power, they're called power line adapters. And that's what you'll, if you're ever Googling something for this device, it's called Google power line adapters. PoE is common and I don't think they call it anything else. So that was one of the, that was one of the projects that I did that I had a lot of fun with because, um, I left the company. Um, I, I left them to finish up their work. I went to the coffee shop to get some other work done. And I, I, I know that some of the cameras were upside down and things like that. So I logged into their website remotely and I was able to watch them adjust all the cameras and stuff. And I sat in this coffee shop and I probably just watched the clinic. It was like watching a live TV, right? I'm watching 10 cameras and I'm watching people move around. I see them leave one camera, come in on another camera. And I'm just watching these cameras. <laughs> and I had realized I'm just stalking these people and probably should get back to work here. <laughs> But the other day, one of the one of the uh, the office manager was asking me how to do something because one of the reasons they wanted these cameras was um, at night they wanted their their technicians who are, are generally female to be able to look at the cameras, see outside, see if there's anything going on because there's a lot of nooks and crannies around this place, um, and then be able to be safe, you know, feel safe that they can walk to their vehicle without anybody in the parking lot. Um, and so I was talking to the manager and I was walking her through the steps on how to do certain things. So I was replicating the steps that I was telling her how to do on my own system. And I was watching her sit at a desk doing it. Cause she's like, okay, and I'm at this desk. I'm like, okay. And I was, I could see her at the desk while I was talking with her, but uh, yeah, it was pretty good times. You were talking about um, the guy getting sparked, you know, when he was up in the air. Yeah, we have, I guess we have a bunch of repeaters in our, our access points in our building. It's a million square foot building. And then when something goes out, you know, our RFs on our trucks, fork trucks, it may not work. And, um, so the guy, our IT guy, he's, he might be all over the place, which could be anywhere around the country. So actually the next day I saw he was there. I said, Terry, could you, he can just check to see what, if they're down or not. So he re rebooted a couple of them, but, uh, just, you know, it just brought to mind about, you know, being, because these are these things are like thirty feet up in the air, you know, or probably our highest point. I don't know how high our ceilings are. It's a big warehouse, and it's freezing too. By the way, terrible, terrible, cold in there. But anyway, just had to get that in. <laughs> I just realized that earlier I had said the foolish guys were in there, but what's happening is they're actually the, I was actually in the foolish IT chat. So, um, if guys, if if you want to jump on there, <laughs> there's Johnny's in there. So if you want to jump on the um, IT or the chat room with us. It's, um, I think you can just go to podnest.com slash live. Did they ever get that fix? It, it was there. It was there from the get-go. It's still in the bot. Um, pretty here. Let me actually, no, I don't want to go there. I, um, uh, you're, I don't want to, your video okay. will start playing if I go, I think. No, that's, that's fine. Anyway. So if you go to podnest.com, let me just check it slash, cause it's, we have a new webpage. Um, speaking of a new webpage, well, let me pull this up really quick. It's like the tech show from, um, well, anyways, it's got to be in there somewhere. I'm not sure where the, we have to figure out where the live stuff is. But um, if you're on IRC, in the free node network, hashtag podnuts, that's where to go. The free node network, hashtag podnuts, that's where we usually do it. Um, I'm pretty sure if you go on podnuts.com, I mean, go on a live page, it'll still be there on the bottom. Right. So yeah, we don't have our shows up yet live, but yes, if you just click on any of the live shows, um, the last one that's up right now is Android App Addicts. But if you do click on the very bottom, there is a live chat down yeah. there. So um, the foolish IT guys want us to send people to send people to their page for the chat room. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So a couple things. Um, a couple things that are new. Two things, actually. Podnuts came out with two new shows. Um, I've heard one of them and Mitch has heard the other. So I'll go first because I'm talking. And one is called Book Nuts. Because <laughs> that's why. Um, one's called Book Nuts. B-O-O-K-N-U-T-Z. And this is a audible or audio book show with Tracy Holtz and our good friend Jonathan Nadeau. If you have never heard who, I mean, you're like, Tracy Holtz, that sounds familiar. Tracy Holtz, Russ Winner. Winter, that's right. Winter. He used to do used to do a show called the Techie Geek Podcast. Thank you. Let's see. I knew Mitch should have just taken this for over for me. The Techie Geek Podcast. So 
if you have remembered those voices, check out Book Nuts. It's going to be about audiobooks. And of course, Jonathan Nadeau loves audiobooks and can fly through audiobooks like nobody's business. So um, the first podcast was just about kind of an introduction to themselves, what they're going to do, how they're going to do um, some books. I gave them some suggestions. They said we don't like them. Um, and I went away crying. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding. They actually said that we, because I had recommended a book that was kind of the same genre of some books that they're going to be doing, but um, so they'll get to that. But their first one, they, so the number one episode was just an introduction. Number two episode is going to be Ready Player One. If you have not listened to Ready Player One or read Ready, Ready Player One and you love the 80s, I command you by the power of Thor to stop listening to Geeksters right now and go read listen to ready player one you will love it i'm gonna actually actually have to pick it up again um it's definitely a whole bunch of of uh references to the 1980s and it's just such a great book um yeah all right mitch you're on for number two because i gotta get a drink oh all right oh, i was gonna say that um you know that that one show that that new show the uh, mini pc i think it's called something like that um i listened to i didn't listen to the first one i listened to the second one and um last night actually and they're just talking about like mini mini PCs, which you know, Raspberry Pi, which you know what you can do. Well, I bought, I don't know, it's been what, about six or seven months ago, I bought a uh, HP mini streaming PC. It was probably a little p- pricier than some of these other ones. It was on like 180 bucks, but it's, it's about the size of a Roku, a tad bigger maybe. But it came, the one I got came with a 35 gigabyte solid state drive, one of those M.M, when you know, those little teeny things and um two gigs of ram four usb 3.0 ports hdmi and the usb uh well well uh, well the four and but it's got a, i can put a um a headset in there uh, but it works really well and um you know i would watch streaming stuff and it you know, youtube and it works you know, quite well actually and i well i've been messing around with cody lately i just put it on I had it on two machines and I'll just put it on that. But I'm thinking like, cause it's, it's got a, like a 1.4 Celeron. I don't, I don't even think it's dual core. And I'm thinking, eh, it's not going to work good. It works great. <laughs> I was just actually before I, I just got done playing with it before I came down here to do, to do this show. And it, it's, it's really working well. And that's, and that's what I wanted to talk about. Cody, if somebody wanted a streaming media player software. And which it's, you, you can get it for Android, Raspberry Pi, Windows, and, um, and it's on the, uh, I think you can buy the app. I think people are selling it on the Amazon stick, I believe. Yeah. And it's, but you can download it for Windows and it's, and and there's tutorials out. Actually, I'm going to post one in a the chat here. There's two tutorials online and it's, it's pretty easy to set up. And, uh, I think, uh, y- y'all should give it a try. Okay, so you're running. Okay, what I didn't because we had talked about this before. So you're running Cody on top of Windows. Yes. Oh. Yeah, it just installs Windows like an app, but actually, okay. but, but when I guess the way Cody's made, it's it's it. Uh, you, you probably don't think it, but it must have really, really, really low overhead. Um, oh yes. So because I, I'm just I'm astonished how good the the video is playing on that little you know streaming HP streaming player, uh, and um. But it looks like an app. It, 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 you know, when it's run, it looks like an app. Um, you can use your mouse and everything, but you can use a keyboard. But I think it's designed if you have a TV tuner that, that will work with your TV for your computer. Um, if you had a card in there, it'll, it'll work with that app. Um, a, a remote control. But, um, I mean, if you just type in media, um, I'm sorry, um, Cody, K-O-D-I, you'll get the web link. And, um, but, um, some of the tutorials is one tutorial I was re- reading. He's recommended the uh, beta, which is Jarvis. Cause I had, I had a couple other ones when I just installed it over top of it just to get Jarvis in there. But, um, I'm going to post a link. Just read everything you can about it, but it's really, really interesting. Yes. So Cody used to be XBMC. Correct. Okay. So Cody, now KOD, like you said, now I run Cody as well, but I run it on my Raspberry Pi. Mm hmm. And I just can't. Well, Doer did mention something, something like that. Raspberry Pi might not do video very well if I'm it, if I it, understood him well. I have had no problems with Raspberry Pi. I might now, have misunderstood him. I am running Raspberry Pi over. So my Raspberry Pi is plugged into Powerline adapters. So Powerline adapter to a switch to my Raspberry Pi. So my media center is behind me on the ground. 
down there. It looks just like that computer, but it has a side on it. Um, and and I have no problem over the Powerland adapters to my Raspberry Pi streaming video, no problems. And so as far as a little overhead, I'm running the first generation Raspberry Pi off the the SD card that comes with it, made by Noobs N O O B S. Mm-hmm. You can you can run that on your Raspberry Pi. So I didn't know you were running it as an app within Windows. Windows. Mm-hmm. And are you streaming from the box itself? Are you is, like, is, is that, like what, bot? They're, they're, well, the PC. Well, you have a, yeah, well, that's what I meant from the PC. Yeah. So you've mm-hmm. got but you put the video on the PC and you're using Kodi as a media player interface. Yeah, it's just it's just it's a regular Windows app. You install it and then. You configure it, you know, put the you know the add-ons, the plugins, and yep. off you go. Yep. So you could take it, like I said, so you could take it a little bit different, and you could probably boot that little HP computer into Linux and run Kodi from there, and then Kodi is your operating system, essentially, if you will, operating system. Right, right, right. And then, and then you could stream from there, mm-hmm. and that's what I've done with mine. Mm-hmm. So that's all, I, yours does nothing but that. Mine doesn't, right, right. because it's, it's booting, because remember the Raspberry Pi boots from your solid state, that little, that little, uh, SD card. Right, right, right. I just looked at some tutorials on there and I thought, I thought about hmm, doing the second generation of Raspberry yeah. Pi. Um, I forget what it's like 50 bucks or whatever. Oh yeah. Um, they're super, just to do a little, cheap, you know, a little, a little hobby on doing something, you know, something right. different. Well, well, remember that, remember, I don't have it up here, it's downstairs, but remember that yeah. little keyboard, that, yeah, that yeah. RRIR2 mm-hmm. keyboard, that is plugged into my Raspberry Pi, and that's what controls Kodi, is that, is that little adapter. And it works well. So, works great, no problem. So speaking of that, while I was there at the doctor's office, the veterinary clinic, getting all these cameras and stuff set up, the doctor said, what I want to do is this, I want to put a big TV out in the hallway somewhere. I want to I want to get a computer, plug a computer into it so that way they can watch just streaming video. That's all they want to do. They want to be able to have a big TV with just streaming video for the cameras. And I said, "Well, why don't you do this?" I said, "I have a little Intuit, or not Intuit, but an Intel Compute stick." Mm-hmm. You know, remember we, we yeah, have those the windows, that's, that's, yeah, the, yeah, the right, windows. Right. So, I said you could run that on the TV and just plug it right into HDMI. And he's like, "What?" So, then talking with him, he went online, looked at those, and there was Windows 10 for $129, but then there was a Ubuntu one, because all he wants to do now is just stream this. There's an Ubuntu one for $80. So we bought the Ubuntu Intel CompuStick with that little keyboard that I had mentioned. We're going to put sticky double-sided Velcro on the keyboard, put it to the back of the TV so it doesn't get lost, and then there, all that TV is going to do is run Ubuntu and just stream data from a website. All you That's need it. is Animal Channel. That's all you need. Well, oh, they a, have animals. <laughs> they do. At the vet. They, they, well, they do. They actually one of the inside the cat little kennel area. There's a big TV in there, and it streams like mm. goldfish and stuff like that. <laughs> but I was excited for that because he's going to run Linux. Now I have to teach him how to run Ubuntu. But really, all it's going to be is a web page. So pulled up on Firefox, done. So that's my next uh, my next project there. It's fun. Oh, it is a lot of fun. Definitely, definitely fun. Um, what else have I done? Um, I had an Office 2013 issue where where it would lose, it would error out. It just, it would throw error, errors. And Office, when you start with 2013 and 2016, when it throws errors, you can go into the admin programs and you can hit change. And there's two options. There's a quick repair and then there's a long repair. Um, quick repair does everything locally. A long repair um, will actually go out to the internet, download new updates. It's almost like it does a reinstall. Um, is this Office 365? This is this is Office 365. Okay. Yeah. So we started, we did it, we repaired it, and then it worked for a long time, no problems. And then it was about every, and it was the weirdest thing. I would repair it, it would work, and then somebody would do something over the weekend. So within three days, it would go bad again. What what version of Windows is this installed, or are they using? Ten. I mean, seven, seven, oh, seven. Because um, you know, I I do Lisa shows, and I right. think she talked about something recently, and I forgot what it was. But I have uh, my my friend, my good friend, his son, I think they just recently updated their computers or, or I don't know, their computer to Windows 10 and something bad. This is what the way my friends explained it, explained it to me. Now the spreadsheets don't work anymore. So I'm assuming they got some kind of version of uh, Office on there and then there's some kind of compatibility issue with Windows 10. You know, maybe an older version, it may not be 365, whatever. So, right. But well, I think I know- Lisa did. Did say there there is some problems with Windows 10, I believe. Right. So this is Windows 7. I believe this key was for a. <coughs> oh man, sorry. Um, this key was just for a. Um, they like the one of the. This was actually my very first Office 365 or Office 
2013 install. Long time ago, remember I had talked about Office 2013 not working right in Outlook and you had to use the 32-bit Outlook and it fixed mm. the profiles? This was that computer. Mm. So it has then been passed down to three people now. Um, and so what we ended up having to do was was they already purchased, they go through hosted exchange already. And so what we ended, do, ended up doing was giving this user the next setup credentials. So Office came with this profile. I uninstalled it, reinstalled it with a brand new install from uh, from Office, their hosted exchange, Office 365, and I've had no issues with it. So somewhere along the way, something broke and I, we weren't ready to quite reload this whole PC yet. Um, we could still, we still can, we could, we have the key for it. So we could still pull this other one off and put the new one on. Um, but right now we did that. Uh, we just reloaded it and with a new version of office and it seemed to work. So, um, Oh, it sounds like, um, Brantley in the chat says that they being, he said, he said, we, and I'm assuming that is, um, foolish it did a show on the windows versions of Cody yeah. and the open elect option pie in another episode. Then he said pretty good stuff. Yeah. So maybe if you guys could throw that link in here, I'll put that in my show notes as well. Um, we are having some big issues with the school that I'm at. Um, I think I mentioned this, possibly talked about this in the past. During testing in the month of December, um, they would just lose connection. So we ended up getting hold of Comcast. We had Comcast up the bandwidth by 50 megs. That seemed to resolve the issue. And then we found out that the Comcast and the testing department had conflicts and the testing department was not allowing conflict, was not allowing con Comcast, um, <laughs> Comcast, uh, data to come in. And so that got all resolved. And, and then there were, the, the, then even without testing, the school's having issues. And what they're, what they're going to do is, um, what they're going to do, wait, sorry, test, I just completely lost my train of thought. So without testing, everything's working okay. What's happening now is that the random people and sometimes like half the school will just lose internet, still be connected to the network, still have local resources. But when you go, when you look at their computers, they have lost all internet connectivity. Like, you know, you have the three, you've got your computer, you have the network, and then you have the internet across in Windows 7 and stuff. The internet's just blank. It's gone. Release, renew, flush DNS. It doesn't reboot the computer. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Reboot the router. The first hop router fixes everything. So what's happening is, is two years ago, year and a half, two years ago, when we put this, go ahead. I think you talked about it before, didn't you? Did you yeah. talk? Yeah, when, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, two years ago, we put in this router, and now we have Chromecast, Chromebooks. So I'm in the process of purchasing another router um, for them, and I think we're going to go with WatchGuard. Um, I think partly I, I've, I have a WatchGuard deployed. Um, it's fairly simple, and price. Price is a huge the price is a big part of this. Mm. Um, I was looking at a Sophos one. Um, Sophos makes some good stuff. Their cost, or at least a reseller friend of mine of Sophos, his cost was still going to be right around twelve, twelve fifty. So a little looks more expensive than we wanted to spend um, because there's not a whole lot of routing they're doing. They don't have multiple networks coming in. It's just, it's just they're just reaching the peak of this one little router. So I'm probably going to go with a WatchGuard. Um, I'm going to get some prices on those and and um, go go with that. So I can cut that down to down to about half and hopefully less than that with um, educational discounts with a three year plan. So we'll see how that goes. What else? Any new shows on TV? Interesting stuff? No, I've got some new stuff to talk about. News. News. New stuff. News. So some of the um couple of things I had come across. I had mentioned this earlier. Um so we talked about the PV. Oh, I mentioned in our intro, we mentioned hotspots. So we talk about hotspots. So here's a hotspot note. You guys know that I have that karma hotspot, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So Karma then a while ago came out with an unlimited data plan. So you can pay for, you can pay for data, like you prepay for data basically. And it comes out to about $14 a gig. I think I bought mine for a hundred dollars for 10, for 10 gigs. So about $10 a gig. Um, and then what they did is said for $50 a month, you get unlimited data. And apparently a lot of people jumped on this to the point of Karma is now backpedaling, <laughs> backpedaling because there's, it's more than they expected. They over, so they oversold. They definitely oversold. So it sounds like what's happening is, um, what ha sounds like what's happening is karma. Um, this note from Lily Puting, and I'll put this here in the chat. It says, um, that karma 
Karma's Never Stop Unlimited, quote unquote, Unlimited Mobile Hotspot Plan gets some new limits. Um, so what's happening now is they're gonna they're they're gonna do for fifty dollars a month. You can use up to fifteen gigs worth of data and upload speeds up to five megabits. Over that amount, you can still use the service, but you end up getting dropped down to like two gig speeds. Now this is between sixty four k and one hundred twenty k. So you. After your 15 gigs worth of data, you get throttled down to being 64 and 128K from 5 megs. It sounds like Boost Mobile. <laughs> Liam said, what can you do with 64K? Like, Skype. seriously, can you Skype on 64K? Or, or do you need at least 120? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. So uh, if you have Karma, you may want to watch your limit because you really only get 15 gigs of data for $50 a month. So I've only used... a. I haven't even used a gig of my data yet, so we're still we're still in that. Because honestly, I bought it and then realized that after and now after redoing my home's wireless and having my open mesh device in here, and now wireless is much better. My kids are on the wireless more than they are because we were going over our plan because wireless was terrible. So my kids would kick off wireless, kick over to four, you know, four four G LTE, use all of our data, and now I'm stuck. Right now we're like paying lots of money so i haven't used my karma because we've been able to shift our data a little bit and so now when we need to use um hotspot i just flip hotspot on my phone and stay within my contract that i already have to pay for anyways so um but i wanted to mention that so if you are a karma user um they have made some changes i'm sorry um wordpress came out um actually this is from make tech easier this is the 15 16 of the best free WordPress plugins you must use in 2016. Um, some of these I've already used, but they have like the best contact form is contact form seven, best backup plugin, best security plugin, page builder plugin. Um, so if you are a WordPress builder, um, you can, you can check this out. Um, just some fun stuff that I came across. What was one of the other, we talked about password lock, right? Last, last show. I think. Okay, I'm going to be deploying that on a computer tomorrow. So I'm going to do that. And so password lock, if you haven't listened to last week's last time show, what password lock does is you can lock an executable from running without a password. So I'm going to lock um, outlook.exe on a computer. So that way, whenever they want to run outlook, somebody has to put in a password. They can still have access to the full machine because they actually share this machine, um, but then they can't get into their email. And the reason why they wanted to do this was originally if you had a PST and so you're using POP or IMAP and you had a PST, what would happen is you could lock down that PST because remember that PST is local. Well, when you switch to a exchange service, you have an OST and that OST has to talk and you can't lock it down. You can't put a password on it, but what happens with the password is all you have to do is hit escape. You can still get into the local cached OST file. Mm. But you just can't see anything new. Well, then the next day comes around. They the person comes in, checks their email. You get in their computer. You hit cancel. Now you can see everything from that you didn't see the first time the next day. So not the best best way. There is a fix to do that. You can turn off cached exchange mode. But then you're relying heavily on local internet. So cached exchange mode will download all the stuff to your local machine. If you don't have internet access or anything, anything like that, you can open up Outlook. You can still read, respond to your emails. They sit in your outbox until until. Internet is uh, internet has been restored, and then it sends it back out. If you have cached exchange mode off, basically Outlook becomes more like a more like a terminal viewer where you need the internet to be able to. You're just using Outlook to view what's on the exchange server. You can't data doesn't necessarily nothing's being saved local. Does that make sense? So, um, I came across a product called Time Freeze Protect, and I am super excited about this program because every now and then something comes along where I need this. Um, and what this will do is it's an application. You run it on your local machine. You reboot your machine. You then turn on time freeze and whatever changes you make to your machine, you reboot the machine and it comes right back to whenever you turned on time freeze. So if you needed, oh man, there was an old windows product that my, my sister wanted me to put on for their kids. It was a Microsoft product and I can't remember what it was called. If anybody remembers that, um, but it would do the same thing. Well, this is a free application and you can actually, what's nice about this is that you, you can put passwords in. So anytime you need to make a password change or uh, change to the application, you put in a password, you can turn it off. So if you get, if you're in safe mode, time freeze is automatically disabled and you can exclude files and folders and folders. So it's not just, um, not just a folder 
or not just a location, but files too. So if you you can freeze, so that's kind of um, you know I was just thinking you could you could freeze a, a uh, not freeze a certain file if you have to run that all the time and it makes changes or a folder say documents. So you can set up a kiosk, freeze everything, but allow the folder um, of documents to be unfrozen. So that way people can save documents inside of a folder. But time freeze, and I tested it on my little test box, and it's actually it worked out well, and I was really impressed with it. You gave me a program to use at work. I think I told, and I can't remember the name of it. You know, we changed domains at work, and uh, now that's the way management wants. You know, when you walk away from your computer, I guess five minutes, you're locked in. Oh yeah. And uh, what was the name of that program? Uh, it worked. It works really good. <laughs> it was. It was in the boxer, wasn't it? Yes. Um, all right, let me look. Tiny or mouse something. Oh, right, because you were having an issue because the screen would lock. That's right. right. The screen would lock, Right. and you needed a uh, – we basically had to come up with a, a way to virtually move the mouse so the screen never went to sleep. Right, and it works good. It just ever so slightly moves the mouse <laughs> when you have this program. Because it, it's a pain for them. To me, I don't care. Um, I, I don't even use it, but I put it on. Will I get in trouble? I said, well, you didn't get it from me. Just, just, Does it actually move the mouse? Like you can see. Oh the yeah, mouse it's move? just yeah, just like you you can see it move, but it's so slightly. You got to look at it, make sure it's moving. It just goes back and forth. Just really, it was so slight. Yeah, it works. It, it works good. Mouse but, jiggler. Mouse jiggler. That's it. But um, I said if you know, if somebody says something, just tell them that Martin told you to do it. No, no. <laughs> um, mouse jiggler dot codeplex dot com. That's right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So. If you have a screen that keeps locking and you need to unlock it, check out Mouse Jiggler. Since, since you're the network uh, maven, I got another question Question for Since they switched the uh, domain over, like, all right, so I go to log out. I mean, I come to work. A guy's logged in, right? Um, and I, I try to log in, but I can't log in until he logs out. Does that make sense? Are you remoting in? No, no, I'm I, no. I'm at work and he's out in the warehouse. Well, I, don't, I need to log in. He's not doing a computer anymore. He hasn't logged out, but the things when I have to get control escape. Of course, he was the last one to use it, but I put my username and password in, and it brings me to a generic desktop. I got to then shut it down and reboot it to bring it back to my normal desktop. Does that make sense? Should we have to go yeah. through all that stuff? That almost sounds like it's it. Next time, well, no. Next time that happens, do this. Does it give you an when you log in and you get a generic desktop? Does it say something about a temp file not working? Or you, it does. Oh yeah, I do get something when I when when somebody's in on there not logged out and I put in my credentials, I get yeah, I do get that error. There's can't something corrupted, whatever. I can't remember exactly, but it does bring me to a, a temporary thing. Then I shut it down, reboot, and then I can get in there and get mine. Yeah, what's happening is your profile. It's something's wrong with the computer. It has nothing to oh, do with it's the a, It's a window. It's Windows XP. That's a Windows. Oh, it's a Windows XP computer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Forget it. I'm done. Hand mic drop. Um, yeah. No, what it is 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 it's having a trouble logging. It's having trouble with the profiles. So when you log in, it doesn't know what to do. So that's why it creates you a temp profile. Nothing gets saved to that profile. It actually that profile gets blown away. Mm -hmm. I bet you if you go to C your C drive mm -hmm. once you're logged in, go to the C drive, go to users and computers. Um, or is it just yeah in the XP stock it, system, it, systems and settings or documents and settings or something like that? There is and yeah, yeah. you're going to see a lot of temp files in there, mm -hmm. a lot of temp profiles in there because what's happening is it's creating a profile, it's creating a temp profile every time you log in because it can't access yours. You reboot the machine, and the machine says, "Oh, good, I'm good to go," and then it lets you log in. But yeah, that's a Windows problem, and it doesn't. Well, I mean, it's a pain. We you know, oh, it's, it's a huge pain. Somebody like somebody forgets to log out, and you can't log in without you get a hard. You got to shut it down. You know, it's just pain in the butt. But yeah, yeah. Um, I say get Windows Seven. Well, we well, let me see. In that office there, it's about. I think we have three machines that are Windows Seven, and a couple, two or three that are right in that room there are XP. I mean, I, my boss, uh, he was having a problem. He was at in a warehouse. I forgot what the problem was he was having. And um, everything was slow. I think we were working on a Saturday, and and so tech support, which was in a the help desk is in, uh, I work in Maryland and tech support is in, uh, Mason, Michigan. They call back and they remoted into my boss and he was like, first of all, all his desktop was filled with Excel shortcuts. All, I mean, all on his desktop, but he was laughing because it was an XP machine. <laughs> so, so I guess eventually we will, we need to get upgraded. Yeah. Oh, yes.
Yep. Oh, speaking of XP, then here's one last thing. So, um, last last Tuesday was the second Tuesday of the month. Mm-hmm. That was also the last Tuesday that the Windows XP embedded member could would get updates. Remember how you had you could trick. Remember you could trick Windows XP to say I'm embedded and still get updates pat for like another year. I heard something about that. Yeah. Okay. So when yeah, they stop doing when they stop doing Windows XP updates, you could trick it by doing some. You can modify the registry. Now mm. Windows saw your computer as an embedded Windows XP, which is more like a terminal. Mm. Um, then because they hadn't they hadn't stopped updating that for a year. Last Tuesday was the last update for the embedded one. So now Windows XP as a whole, not even embedded, gets it doesn't get updates anymore. Unless, of course, you're a government Business. entity and can pay for it, then you could do that. I think. That, yeah, I, I think we we're still getting them at work, right? Yeah. Are like, you paying for them? Uh, oh yeah, I'm sure we are. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I know. Like I think I heard something like the Navy was paying some crazy amount of money for that. I, I don't know for sure. I mean, it doesn't. What do I know? I just yeah. work there. That's right. <laughs> um, I you know I had heard about um, I had heard about what's called Lost Pass. This is a this is a um, and I don't know much about it, so I'm just going. I know Steve Gibson today, Tuesday, January nineteenth, was supposed to talk about it. What it was is it was a redirect for LastPass. Um, it was a phishing. It was a phishing attempt. So it had a lookalike. Uh, it had a lookalike page where you would put in your username and password, and then it would redirect you if you had secondary authentication to re put in your password. Um, so it, it was something along those lines of. Uh, you know, it's it's. I have to research a little more, but basically, there's a phishing attempt out right now. If you have LastPass, there's a phishing attempt out right now to get your to get your LastPass uh, pass username and password. Terrible. I use secondary authentication. I recommend everybody else do. I don't know, like I said, without knowing this much about it, um, if that is kind of just if you have secondary authentication, don't worry about it. I did not get a chance to listen to Steve's show. Um, about it, but Brantley just posted in the chat room about about it, and um, it says mm-hmm. uh, he dis- Mr. Cassidy discovered that whenever LastPass sessions expire, when the user is browsing the web, LastPass shows the notification uh, notifications ejected in the page content, the subsequent login page, and the two-factor authentication code. If enabled, they're also displayed in the same way. Um, so there's a tool that he did. Anyways, um, apparently, Foolish IT talked about it. <laughs> So uh, if you can wait for Steve Gibson, you can check out foolishit, um, F-O-O-L-S-H-I-T.com. And you go, hey, why does that sound so familiar? Because Nick Shaw is the owner of Foolish IT and Brantley and Johnny. And I think there's a guy by the name of Michael. Mm-hmm. There's a whole bunch of other people in there. I'm just going to go to the thing. Uh, Brantley, Michael, Nick. Yeah, J- Johnny. They all work there at Foolish IT. And he's the guy who makes D7 too. And if you haven't checked out D7 too, check it out. Stop right now. Again, if you are listening to Geeksters, go check it out. Um, they great tool. I, you know, I, I don't know. If Nick's probably heard me talk about this a couple times, but I want to say that that you know, when I bought it, I wanted to buy it because I wanted to play with it, mess with it. And my goodness, if I don't use that thing all the time, it's my go-to. Um, so check them out. They've got a lot of stuff on there. They're they're talking about the chat room. Uh, it's a lively chat room tonight. Foolishit.com. Oh my goodness. Breathe. Brantley's the man. He's the man. He's the man. Yep. Um, yeah, can't say can't say too many nice things about them. They'll get too big of an ego. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Someday, get to watch their stuff. I don't I, either. Well, they change it, and they and and I understand why they do it. They do it at different times during the week, and I get that. I happened to be in the chat room this morning while they were going live, mm-hmm. but I wasn't able to watch it because I was working on another on another thing. So. Um, but I understand why they change it up during the day, depending on what time zone you live in. So you can check it at different times. But yeah, they put a they they are putting a lot of stuff out there right now. So very very excited for them. Uh, high five someday. I want to meet those guys and and shake their hands and give them a high five. Um, but it depends because a lot of times I go to Linux conferences, and from what I'm reading in this chat room, they don't even like Linux. So I probably will never see them at a Linux conference. Maybe some uh, Windows conference. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I've got for today. Nothing too long. Yeah, short, it's always short, interesting. Short, you just but... you uh, I mean, you you're you're an educator. I mean, I don't know this stuff, and I I fall asleep when I try to read about it, and uh, I love it. Yeah, I'm I'm just busting those guys' chops. They're uh now they're now they're defending themselves. So they do like Linux. Okay, 
Okay, you went to OLF. You guys like Linux. Well, you know. You, you know Johnny. I, I, oh, I know. I'm just giving them a bad yeah. time. It's because I can, because I'm on this side of the radio, and they're not. I have the microphone, and you don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess the tech tip of the day is unplug PoE injectors if you are sending power through them, and the person on the other end is trying to cut yeah. the Cat5 cable. That's and put the, t- the title them. of the show, some way or another. <laughs> Cat5 will give you the tingles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're saying wait till tomorrow. All right. Um, if people want to get a hold of us, send us a voicemail, send us an email. What's the best way they can do that, Mitch? Geeksters at podnuts.com and send us a voicemail, which it's been a long time since we had a voicemail at 7076 podnut. That's 707 676 3688. Excellent. Um, yeah, if people want to reach out and get a hold of me, Martin at ObandoComputing.com. I'm M. Obando in Google+. Um, I'm Obando Computing in the chat room. That's uh, on the IRC. So I'm in a lot of different ones, but the main one for the show is under the free node network, and it's hashtag PodNuts. That's where you'll find uh, me. Other show, any other shows, a lot of times we're going to be in there as well. So uh, And check out BookNuts, Mini PC Show. There are, I mean, PodNuts has got, a whole bunch of stuff. The Podnuts Computer Repair Podcast is still going strong. Android App Addicts is still going strong. Um, the Sunday call-in show, the live show is still going strong. Not this Sunday, but the following Sunday, the 30th, I should be alive. I should be live on that. Um, that's the plan. I may be out of town that day unexpectedly. I just found out some information today that they may have to send me out of town. Um, but check those shows out if you're just hanging out over the weekend and, and want something to listen to. So guys, thanks everybody. Thank you chat room for, and the foolish it team for coming in and making the chat room lively today. And it's great to have everybody in there. Um, we've got Swift. We have uh, Kevin, we've got CT tech, other people names in there that if I pronounce them, I'm going to probably get in trouble, but thank you guys for hanging out. Thank you for the viewers for watching us guys. Have a great fiscal week and don't forget to be gruntled. All right, guys, we'll catch you next week. I hope. (laughs) Bye-bye.